the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. Have you ever asked yourself the question, who is Jesus or what does it mean to be saved? How about questions like, what is eternity? Or is there a real God and where is he when I'm really suffering? These are just some of the topics we explore every day on this program. In these challenging times, we believe that God's word is the source to all our answers. So if you can, get out your Bibles and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us today. I want to begin this message by reminding you that the There really is such a thing as a devil. Satan is mentioned 18 times in the Old Testament. He's mentioned 35 times in the New Testament. He is not a myth. He is not make-believe. It's not a fairy tale. He's real. Now, I do want you to know that he does not have red horns and a tail and a pitchfork like Hollywood likes to depict. Billy Sunday, a great old-time, old-time evangelist said, I know that the devil is real for two reasons. Reason number one, the Bible says there's a devil. But reason number two, I've done business with him myself. The Bible says these words in Ephesians 6, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's what? He's got a million of them. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle is against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of the dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. He is the author of everything evil. He's got evil in his name if you look at the word devil. He's the inventor and creator of all things bad. He's the master of deception. He's the architect of wickedness and depravity. I blame him for the sin and immorality in our world. I blame him for the breakdown of the family unit, the home. I blame him for the divorce rate. I blame him for child abuse. I blame him for spousal abuse. And I blame him ultimately, directly or indirectly, I blame him for the death of Jesus Christ. But I'm here to tell you, not only do I hate the devil, I'm here to tell you that I also admire the devil You say, are you serious? Yes, you heard me right. Not only do I hate the devil, but I admire the devil. You say, how in the world can anybody admire the devil? Well, for three reasons. Let me give them to you. Reason number one, I admire him because of his work ethic. (laughs) All of us have at least some secret admiration for the fellow who's a go-getter. I admire the devil because he's been so faithful to his mission and his purpose all these years. He is fixated on his mission. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone that he can what? 
devour. That's how he spends his time. I can't help but admire someone with that kind of determination. He can't win, but he's, he's, he's already been defeated, but he never quits. I have the highest admiration when I see an outplayed, outmanned, lopsided score in a sport, a team, no way to win, yet they keep playing like they're in the national championship. <laughs> Did you know that even God appreciates someone like that? The Bible says in Revelation chapter 3, you're familiar with this text, I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. And God says, I wish you were one or the other. So because you're just kind of lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You're upsetting the stomach of God. And what he said there was, uh, you're you're not hot. Hot is 100 mile an hour for God. If you're cold, that means you're running 100 mile an hour against God. And God said... Because you're neither cold nor hot, you're just kind of lukewarm. What he's saying is, I would rather you be 100% against me than just kind of showing up lukewarm. Why would God rather you be cold than lukewarm? Because if you're cold, at least people know where you stand. The devil can't win, yet he keeps trying. He's already lost. But he will not give up. The final score has already been pronounced. Yet he keeps pressing forward looking for another person to devour. He deceives, he lies, he tempts. His favorite tool, write this down, he twists all truth. Anything that God says, he tries to flip the script. And he convinces us. He convinces us, and we get to the point where we call evil good and good evil. That's all his doing. Back in the very beginning of the Bible, the serpent, the Bible says, was more crafty than any of the other wild animals that the Lord God had made. And so he showed up to the woman, and he says to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? God did not say that, but he's twisting the words of God. And he goes to the woman and says, did God really say that you cannot eat from any tree? Now, at first, she stood on the side of truth, but she's engaged in conversation with the one who twists all truth. She begins to explain to Satan, no, God did not say that we couldn't eat from from all the trees. In fact, God said we could eat from all the trees except one. And what God really said was not only are we not supposed to eat from the one tree, He actually said that we shouldn't even touch the tree. If we touch it, we will die. And immediately, Satan, he twists and says these words, You will not surely die. The serpent said to the woman, For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. He convinces Adam and Eve that the opposite of what God said is true. It's not that you'll die, he said. You will actually live if you eat of this fruit. You'll become like God. He literally turned God's word upside down, and he does the same thing to you, and he does the same thing to me every single day. The Bible says in John 8:44, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. That when he lies, he's, when his, if his lips are moving, he's lying. 
he speaks his native language. He is a liar, the Bible says, and the father of all lies, and we are so gullible. He tells us that repentance is an outdated thing. He says that you don't really have to go to church. He tells us that baptism is not that important. He tries to convince us that the Bible is just a man-made book. He has convinced the world that abortion is a choice. He's convinced us that it's okay to live with somebody before you're married to that person. He's told us that a little bit of lust never hurt anybody. That as long as you're happy and as long as you don't hurt anyone, do whatever pleases you. He tells us that it's okay to tell a lie. Everybody lies. It's not that big of a deal. He has convinced some of you that the Bible is wrong and that your guilty pleasures are acceptable and actually encouraged. And just the opposite of that is true. Your guilty pleasures are wrong and God's Word is true. He tells us that the prayer is foolish. He tells us that there are many ways to get to heaven. He's actually convinced some of us that there is no place as hell, that hell doesn't exist. He's convinced some of us it doesn't matter what you believe, just as long as you're sincere, that's all that matters. Now, anyone who can get so many people, people who claim to be intelligent, to believe so many lies demands my admiration. He is the world's greatest salesman. Second reason I admire him is he's no respecter of persons. Man, he's not prejudiced at all. I like people who are not prejudiced, don't you? People who are prejudiced get under my skin, amen? Literally, think about that. 2 Peter 3, everybody say 2 Peter. Chapter 3, say verse 9. Now, this is what the Bible says. He, God, is patient with you. How many of you are glad God is patient? God is patient with you. Now, here's what God, here's, here's God. God doesn't want anyone to what? He doesn't, God doesn't want any of you to go to hell. According to 2 Peter 3, 9, God wants everyone to come to repentance and to be baptized. That's what God wants. Satan wants just the opposite. I want you to write this down. Satan doesn't want anyone to repent. But he wants every single person in this room to perish. And he doesn't care who you are. He's not prejudiced. If you're rich, poor, educated, uneducated, man, woman, black, white, famous, unknown, tall, short, he wants all to perish. He doesn't even care if you're in the church or out of the church. He doesn't care if you're in the Word or out of the Word, if you believe in God or if you don't believe in God. He doesn't care. He's out to get each and every one of us. And He will lie to you. He will deceive you. He will tempt you. He will distract you. Anything to get you off the right path. He loves to divide us. Write that down. 
It was Jesus in Mark 3, verse 25, that said if a house is divided, that that house cannot stand. So Satan comes into the church and he tries to divide us. And he gets us talking bad behind each other's back. John 10.10 says that he came to kill still and to destroy. And one of the things that Satan loves to destroy is the church. And he will get us to backbite and backstab and gossip and we start criticizing each other and we criticize the worship team and we start criticizing the pastor. Some of us go home after church and have roast preacher. Because he knows that together we will stand, but divided we fall, so he gets us divided. And write this down. He's not afraid to tempt us in our strength. Uh, It's common sense that he will always tempt us in our weakest area. I think most of us know that we have points where we're vulnerable. We know that. But did you know that he's not afraid to lure us and to tempt us in our strongest areas? Moses was the meekest man in the entire Bible, and yet in Numbers chapter 20, Satan leads him and tempts him, and he ends up being full of pride. Solomon is the wisest man who ever lived, and he ends up exercising poor judgment. Abraham was a man of faith, yet he ends up doubting. Samson is the strongest man in the world, yet he could not control his lust for Delilah. Peter is the boldest man in the Bible, yet he's afraid of a teenage girl. David, a man that was written, it's man after God's own heart, yet he turns his heart towards Bathsheba. I guess Satan has no limits on when or where he will tempt you. His work ethic, his no respecter of persons. And number three, write this down. He is playing for some big time stakes. He's trying to lead you away from Christ. I want you to think about that for just a minute. That the best thing, the best thing that could ever happen to you above any other thing that would ever happen to you is for you to meet, to know, and to love Jesus Christ. That's the best thing that could ever happen to you. And yet Satan works 24 hours a day around the clock. He never sleeps. He never slumbers trying to rob you of your greatest blessing, that of knowing Christ. Paul wrote these words in 2 Corinthians 11. He said, I'm afraid, I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, I'm afraid that your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. He is working night and day to lead you astray to rob you of the greatest gift ever given, the pearl of a great price, the gift of salvation, the opportunity to know that you can live in the presence of God in a place called heaven for all of eternity. Now, if he was trying to steal a few dollars out of your wallet, I would call him a petty shyster. But he's not a petty shyster. He's trying to destroy your very soul. That's what he's trying to do. That's why I ask for you to pray, for you to hear this message. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, what good will it be for a man if he gained the whole stinking world? I added the word stinking. 
What good it would be for a man to gain the whole stinking world? You have forfeit his own soul. Jesus knew something about being tempted. And Satan will come along and he will tempt you with money and fame and sex and pleasure and drugs and cars and houses and trying to win the lottery. Satan will tempt you with everything this world has to offer to not only get your mind off of Christ, but to rob you of your soul, which is eternal. The bottom line, write this down, your eternal destiny is in the balance. Those are some big time stakes. Some of you don't like to think about this, but the Bible teaches us in Revelation chapter 20. Some of you need to read that chapter because it talks about a place called hell. And hell is reserved for all of those who have been deceived by Satan's lies. It is reserved for Satan and all those who follow his ways. He is competing for the greatest prize in life. I'm going to give you some advice that will save your soul. Number one, all of you need to be immersed in water. If you've never been immersed, you need to be immersed today. Here's why. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, not some of you, not half of you, not those of you that want to, those of you that think you might want to get around to it. It says, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sin, so all your past can be forgiven, but God has a gift that he'd like to give to you. And he gives this gift to anyone who comes in faith and accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord. They repent and they're baptized in his name. He promises that he's got a gift to give you. And the gift is his presence, his spirit, the Holy Spirit that comes to live inside of you. Those of you that have never repented and you've never been baptized, and there are many of you who've never done it. You are fighting the devil in your flesh. You will never win the battle. You are destined to lose to Satan. But when you come in faith and you're baptized and God puts his spirit in you, that is a game changer. Now it's God working through you, helping to defeat the one who comes against you. Secondly, you must be immersed in the Word. I don't don't have time to go into all this, but I gave you the reference so you can study. Three times Jesus was tempted by Satan himself. And in all three temptations, Jesus answered Satan's temptations with these words. It is written. And once, and this is the truth, we don't study the Word of God. We don't know the Word of God. We don't memorize the Word of God. We don't even carry a Bible with us. Half the people in this church, I tell a story, you've never even heard that story before. No wonder Satan can come along and say, did God really say? Because you don't really know what God said. And if you're not in the Word of God, it's why you need to be in church every week with the Bible, I think, sitting up front, listening. Why you need to be in a life group, it's why you need to have a quiet time. You need to immerse yourself in this word so when Satan comes along and tries to twist the scripture to you, you can say, hey, it is written. Number three, you need to immerse yourself in your weapons. Now, those of you who've been saved for a while, you know about this, but in Ephesians chapter 6, there are six, six 
weapons that God gives to you to defeat the devil. Some of you don't even know what those weapons are. We read earlier, put on the full armor of God. You don't even know what the full armor of God is. Study Ephesians chapter 6, six weapons. If you read that text, there's prayer would actually be a seventh weapon. But you're not going to win that battle if you're not equipped with the armor of God. And number four, as we close, you need to immerse yourself in worship. The Bible says in James 4, submit yourselves then to God. And if you resist the devil, the devil will flee from you. Come near to God. Come near to God. Come near to God. And he will come near to you. That's what worship is all about. This is not a joke. This is why you should never come to church late. Worship is that time where you draw near to God. You don't do that any other time in the week. The rest of the week, you're driving your car, you're trying to get on the freeway, you're upset at everyone on the freeway, you're trying to get off the freeway, you're trying to get the kids to school, you're trying to get dinner fixed, you're trying to get to work, you're trying to make a living, trying to pay some bills, trying to do this, trying to, you're doing everything but worship. Sunday morning church time is the time where you get here. What time does church start? What time does church start? 11. You get here like 10 minutes before 11. You get here, you get your, because when the, when the first note sounds, they usher us into the presence of God. And hear me out, hear me out. The devil will mess with you all day long. But he doesn't mess with God because he knows how that turns out. You can go out and believe all of Satan's lies. You can let him divide you. You can fall for all of his temptations. You can let him lead you away from Christ. Do not get baptized. Neglect the word of God. Do not attend church. Come late. Leave early. Don't plug into a life group. Do not put on the armor of God. Do not worship. Do not submit to God. And I guarantee you, Satan will pick you off. You are easy pickings. But you come near to God. Submit to God. Study the Word of God. Worship. God will draw near to you. And the Bible says, Greater is He that is in you than he that is in this world. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. 
That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. If you're like me, you've discovered there are some books in the Bible that are not always easy to navigate through. Like, for instance, the book of Proverbs. Proverbs contains 31 chapters and can be very daunting to go through if you are looking for a specific topic. That's why Pastor Dudley has created the perfect resource to help you with the book of Proverbs. It's called Proverbs in a Haystack, and it is our special offer for everyone listening today. Proverbs in a Haystack removes the challenge of searching through the book of Proverbs. It has over 2,000 topics that easily cross-reference to the exact chapter and verse you are looking for. This invaluable resource can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus radio ministry. You can receive your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack by calling us at 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know you will be blessed by this unique resource created exclusively by Pastor Dudley. So be sure to call right now and ask for your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack today. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.